You're listening to a Dallas Sports Nation production, enhancing your sports fan experience. Welcome to the very first episode of Chirps and Sallies, brought to you by Stars Nation, enhancing your Dallas sports fan experience. I am Craig Nakagai of Stars Nation. I am the section manager of Stars Nation. Been a Stars fan since probably about 97 or 98, when I was like 8 years old and still trying to transition into sports. So I got very lucky in getting to see my team win a Stanley Cup early on. Thank goodness. It'd be nice to see them lift it again. But uh, yeah, and over to Lane. Hey guys, I'm Lane Johnson. I am a Twitter admin for Stars Nation, and I've been a uh, Stars fan since probably between 10 and 12 years old. I've been following the Stars ever since then. And now over to Amy. Hi, Stars Nation. This is Amy Warner. I'm a Twitter admin and blogger for Stars Nation. I watched my first hockey game during the 94-95 Stars season when hockey was still pretty new to Dallas. It was just a year old and just fell in love with everything about it. My son plays now, and it's become a huge part of my everyday life, which is how I like it. All right, so I guess the first topic we're going to dive into today is the obvious one, and that's the COVID-19 pandemic that's going on right now. So, and how some of the leagues are seemingly taking it a little more serious and being a little more proactive in their actions, while maybe some of the other ones aren't as much. Um, Right now, the NHL has postponed their draft currently. That was originally supposed to be in late June, but, and that has not been rescheduled yet, and it's kind of all up in the air, it seems. What do y'all think about how the NHL's handled things so far? As far as the draft, I'm I'm kind of surprised they pushed it back, being as it was in June. Was because I mean even the NFL hasn't pushed theirs back, and it's supposed to be this month. But at the same time, we really don't know how bad it's going to get at this point. And to me, I think it was a safer decision to that extent to move the draft, but. For everything else, I really don't know. Uh, it's definitely yeah. weird that they haven't that the NFL still has their draft going on. It seems because it's like, what what are you doing? Why? Like it should be canceled. I I th- the only thing I can think of is they're thinking is, hey, everyone needs sports right now, and yeah. we can really dominate and get some revenue from this if we. Which- the Which is why I think they kept their uh, their free agency period when they did, because there was no sports news going on, and they're like, oh, we can capitalize on the sports fans' emotions and have all this news and all this craziness that happened, and they were pretty much the only sport, big sports-related stuff to talk about at that time. One hundred percent. That definitely kind of dominated Twitter for that little period of time, and it was kind of interesting to watch. So it was just like, huh, I wonder how many of these people are just kind of desperate for anything sports right now, or are just, you know, oh, it's something. I'll take what I can get. (laughs) You know what I mean? I think that's definitely um, a big factor in it. People are really missing their sports right now. And I think, you know, I think the NHL, I think, I don't know, part of me likes to think that they were looking ahead and actually seeing how bad things probably were going to get, and or maybe hoping that we'd be playing games at that time, so it would be something that needed to be pushed anyway. Um, I don't know. It's not looking good, though. That's good. Yeah, it's, it's been a weird three weeks, for sure. I mean, yeah. first it was the Ivy League's canceling their their postseason tournament and spring sports and then the NBA shut down and then at that point it was only a matter of time until the NHL 
postpone their season because the two organizations, a lot of the teams share arenas. They share. So it's kind of like obvious that they would cancel or postpone it or whatever. At this point, at this point, they may cancel the whole thing and just start from scratch for next year. But um, that would be the only logical thing at this point. I mean, they could push it back into like the summer months, but that would be kind of weird to me. I think at this point, you basically need to, you should just go ahead and cancel it at this point. It feels kind of weird that they, I, I feel like the owners are just trying to be as cautious and trying to make sure they can get as much money as they can out of this. Especially, you know, like the Bruins, considering, you know, they don't want to pay their staff whatsoever and continue to fire people. But, hey, that's their prerogative. You do what you want with your money. I'm just going to criticize you and call you a scumbag for it. So, but you do you. Um, but it, it feels like, cause, I mean, they just bumped it back. Like, all right, no one's allowed to be in contact with each other until April 15th. It's just like, guys, the city of Toronto has banned people through June. Yeah. They yeah. Virginia, Virginia did too. You have a hockey team in Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Just like everyone isn't on the same page with everything, and everyone's just kind of doing their own thing. Like the various jurisdictions are doing their thing. Hockey teams, basketball, like no one has. And I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily blame anyone for that. But everyone needs to kind of come together. All four commissioners need to come together, come up with a joint plan. On what they all want to do, but I mean, now I'm asking for them to not act like selfish children. So, I mean, I, I don't really yeah, see. Yeah, well, I think a lot of it's got to be. There's some teams that are contenders, and maybe they won't be next season. And it's got to be hard for the players on those teams to give up the idea that they might still get to finish the season out. 100%. I mean, I know Gabe Landeskog on their call with uh, the Central Division Cap teams, he was talking about how he, he this was like the first time in nine years he they actually felt like they had a shot at the Cup. Yeah. And, and I mean, the Avalanche, despite their insane amount of injuries, have had a, were yeah. on a really good season. So They have. They've had a really good run. They were definitely a scary team that I didn't want to play in the playoffs if I was, as a Stars fan because I don't know if we could beat them. I know we beat them four times in the regular season, but the thing is that two of those games, they were missing key players like Gabe Landeskog. So it's like, yeah, you yeah. beat them, but did you really? Because the last time you beat them in overtime. So, yeah. Like, and with the way the Stars were playing towards the end of the season, that was kind of a, I think, a good thing that everything happened when it did. Because they could kind of, like, reset their, uh, reset themselves and, like, go through the motions of everything and figure all that out. Right. Yeah. Well, the thing is, if coming back, everybody's going to, you're not going to have the injured players that you had now. Yeah. So everybody's kind of got this chance to heal up and recoup and get their heads back where they need to be. And so, like you were saying, Craig, the team we play now, if things start back up, won't be the same team that we played earlier in the season. That's one of the reasons that I'd, I'd be scared that yeah. So really hard to beat the same team in one season eight times. <laughs> like, it, that's really eight out of 15 potential games. That's really hard to pull off. I, yeah, I, 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 I don't know if I could see them doing that. I, I don't know. Part of me doesn't want to see them play each other because I'm worried about how, what the outcome. But at the same time, I think they would be really exciting games. I would like to think they would be really exciting in 10th game. It would be a great playoff series that shouldn't be played in the first round because the playoff series system is currently broken, but Gary Bettman's an idiot, so. <laughs> so what would you like done with the playoff system? I am fine with going back to a 1-8 through eight seed system. 
that's probably my preference, honestly. I also wouldn't have a problem with going to sort of like how the NFL has four divisions and making smaller divisions. Yeah. Given the fact that you're going to have 32 teams, don't know how that mm. would work out with a schedule wise. But I mean, even if going like something like how the NBA model would be fine with me, yeah. how they have their playoff system. Like, I mean, I, I just don't like this whole thing where you have it's, – it's just ridiculous. You have two of the best teams in the league playing each other in the first round? Yeah, it's not supposed uh, to be that way. It, it just – it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It, it It's just nonsense. But I think, like, a couple of the matchups that I originally saw when they were, like, posting all these too early playoff brackets and whatnot, a lot of the matchups looked really good. It's just a matter of we didn't want to see those that ma- see those matchups that early, right? Because I mean, it, it's not fair to the really good team that had like these two great teams that had a great regular season. You have to play this other team that had a really great regular season. It's yeah. kind of I don't want to say it's 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 not right to say that it makes the regular season irrelevant. But it kind of makes the regular season irrelevant because it's like, oh, you had a great season. Here's this other really good team you now have to play. Opposed to, like, you're rewarding one seed, basically. You're yeah. you're rewarding one, you're actually rewarding two seeds. Sorry, you're rewarding two seeds in each conference, the top two teams in each division, and that's it. That doesn't, that, that just doesn't seem fair to me, honestly. Yeah, it just, well, they shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't be out that soon if you've done that well throughout the season. Right. It's just you like just, you're supposed to be eliminating the teams that aren't as good or haven't played as well, you know. Especially yeah, like one of the best teams. Right. And it's like, you know, this league is already fire happy. So it's like people lose jobs over mm-hmm. when they are eliminated from the playoffs. So you're you're kind of putting a lot of these coaches now in a more difficult just like, oh, you lost in the first round. We don't care that you played had to play against the best team in the league in the first round or the second best team in the league in the first round. You're out of here. Like yeah. it, 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 it makes it harder to judge coaches, in my opinion. It's just like if like the stars that consistently play the Avalanche in the first round every year, or the you know like all these good teams. It's like it's kind of like what the Leafs going through. You know how they always get stuck playing the Bruins or the Lightning. As much as I don't like empathizing with Toronto fans, but hey, I'll do it this once. <laughs> I'll be nice for right now. You know, it, it just it, it it's something that needs to get addressed, and I hope that it gets addressed soon. Uh, I don't remember when the next NHL CBA agreement is up. I want to say it is after this year. No, they just opted out. They opted in. So they had okay. So it's running through twenty twenty two. So that's probably the earliest we're gonna see any changes. I would imagine. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it expires on September fifteenth, twenty twenty two. Yeah. It's weird that it expires like right before the season. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't know why the league hasn't liked that. I don't know if because I mean I I'd imagine the like, I think the NFL's probably expires more towards the start of the new league year. Yeah. So, it makes sense to more start it towards the end of the league. I mean, I don't know. I, the NHL's done a well, lot of things. We don't want to do anything that makes too much sense in the NHL. Yeah, apparently. That is we totally gotta, true. You know, we have a brand. We need to stick to it. Yeah, I, I don't understand it at all. <laughs> I don't understand a lot of things to do. I just feel like the owners like having Gary Bettman because he's a puppet and he'll do whatever he wants, whatever they want. So they're happy with that. I, I don't. I don't like him. I will never endorse Gary Bettman, and I can't wait till he loses his job. So as far as like the coronavirus affecting sports and especially hockey, how big of an impact do you think it'll have once they get back to play? Say that they scrap this season, but go to play next season. How do you how do you think the fans will react slash show up or not show up? Just due to one not having sports, but also 
the anxiousness of germs and all of that. And money. Yeah, and money. It could it could go yeah. very well either way. <laughs> I think that sports fans are going to mob the arenas and stadiums as soon as they can. Um, people are not handling it well. Yeah. You know, it's really... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it'll be a little different. Maybe there'll be a better appreciation for what can happen if you don't do things the right way. But I'm just not seeing anything that says that's what's going to happen. I think people who can afford it will be at the games. And um, there might be some groups of people who can't afford season tickets, maybe, depending on how things go. Yeah, and how long it lasts. Because we don't know how long it lasts. How long is it going to last? I mean, I, I would say that there is the possibility that less people will attend based on the idea that, oh, I can watch it from home. I can save my money. Yeah. Based on a fear that something like this could happen again. Hopefully it doesn't. But some people may fear that it could happen again. And but they I mean, like the, the idea of being in a crowded space with a whole bunch of other people after, you know, after all this time. Yeah. But given that you still have people who are trying to go to beaches and do this other other, other stupid stuff, right. being selfish jerks, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know <laughs> if I put a good percentage of the chunk on that. I'm betting on that, honestly. I, I yeah, that's what I was saying. I'm not seeing anything that's leading me to believe people are going to hold back. Uh, I'm more inclined to bet on that you will see an attendance explosion yeah. for at least probably the first couple of months. I don't foresee it going throughout the whole season. Yeah, mostly because of ticket prices and money, but also because people are gonna go back to how they always are, and they're not. I don't know how. I I'm I'm very curious to see how people's habits and perspective changes after this, because we haven't dealt with anything of this on this magnitude of a level. Yeah, recently at least, not all of us, but recently, this generation certainly. So it's gonna be interesting to see what the reaction is, is to everyone's lifestyles and perspectives hopefully it's for the better but i also wouldn't be shocked if everyone went back to the status quo and we forget about this in two years yeah oh yeah no i mean i think if you just look back at human history with other um situations and pandemics you, you know people move on and forget and go back to you know doing Pretty much what they were doing before. There might be a few new things, but... And then they come up with memes saying that we lived through it and everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. We'll, we'll be the ones who lived through it. Uh, it it's going to be... I was talking to Josh, who's uh, the CF... Uh, one of the executives of Wegger Nation, Wegger Enterprises. And he was saying, you know, it's going to be weird when we're, we have kids and we have, like telling our grandkids, like, yeah, I lived through that. Right. It's gonna be uh that's gonna be an experience. That it's just gonna be like, man, we went through some stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like it's been a it's been a rough millennia. I mean twenty twelve was supposed to be the end of the world. And here we are eight years later. You know, maybe someone got it wrong and they meant twenty twelve. Yeah, they were eight years off. <laughs> they just they, they chiseled it in the rock rock and they actually meant twenty twenty one. You know, dyslexia has been a thing forever, so yeah, I don't know. They could have been dyslexic. Okay, so this conversation has taken a turn. Well, you know, it's it's always good to go <laughs> on tangents. I mean, if we, we want to go back, we can talk about the fa- since we're talking about sports and reactions and not really reading the room correctly. We could talk about the fact that the NFL draft is still planning to go on and scheduled, which. <laughs> I still don't under... We already did that. Sorry. Never mind. Uh, WNBA draft is still going on a schedule, though. They're doing I mean, their all virtually on ESPN. Or I think it's on ESPN2 because, you know, there's so ESPN's much going on. Yeah. They couldn't afford to put it on the main network. Yeah. That's neither here nor there. Uh, they're doing theirs completely virtually. Which I think I I feel like that's a little bit easier to do it with like the NBA like the WNBA and the NBA because you have less players and you have less rounds and fewer teams, right? So, so it's, 
I, I just I don't understand the NFL draft going on. Yeah. Like I said, I just, they all need to come together and come to one general conclusion. Like, this is what our action plan as a sports community is. So I want to say they, the, the four leagues that were going on at the time, the MLS, NBA, NHL, and some other league, were taught, when all this started, came out with a joint statement basically saying that... Uh, arenas weren't being used or something because of this so we're gonna get through it and whatnot but i mean they i feel like they need to come out with another joint statement statement to all get on the same page and figure out what they want to do before it gets too late i guess right I, I i don't like this whole oh we're gonna play it by every 15 days nonsense we're gonna be like yeah. every 15 days just set a hard date We'll reevaluate at this date. Until then, this is what we're doing. Yeah. It's it doesn't seem like it's that complicated to me, but I mean, hey, I don't get paid millions of dollars to run a sports league. So, <laughs> I guess I well, I'm that doing. would mean them acknowledging and like giving up the fact that they are going to get to finish the season and they are losing lots of revenue. Yeah. And you know they've got to face that reality before they want to come out and announce it and. It's not ready yet. I feel like the NBA is losing the most uh, revenue right now because, I mean, they're they're gearing up for the playoffs. And, I mean, as the NHL was too, but to me, it's, the NBA is a bigger organization and bigger following to some extent, I guess. So more fans were looking forward to watching it. And for whatever reason, I mean... It's obvious that the Lakers and whatever other team was going to end up in the finals, but I mean, it just—I don't know. It doesn't make sense right now. Nothing makes sense. I—I'm not going to disagree that the NBA stands to lose a lot, but I think MLS, arguably, of the leagues that we're playing right then, actually lost the most. Yeah. From the standpoint of that, this is their 25th anniversary season. It was a huge, big deal that they've made it 25 years, and they're trying to grow and get more uh, respect around the world as a professional soccer league. And yeah. then all of this happens, and it just completely shuts everything down. That really is going to hurt MLS, which is unfortunate, because I love MLS. I've grown to love it over the last couple of years, especially getting to see FC Dallas play. It's down in Frisco. It's... It's just like, and that's just—it's rough. It, it's rough on all the leagues, but I feel like MLS lost a lot, yeah, because of that. What year it was for them, and how momentous an occasion it was. Yeah, I would think that it would be the leagues that. I mean, the more popular leagues are going to lose maybe like the greater amount of money like just number wise but they also have more money to work with yeah just because they are more popular so you know with hockey and soccer trying to get them built up it might have a little it might be harder to recover from definitely I mean if we're talking, including collegiate, apparently the NCAA lost $375 million because they had to cancel the March Madness tournament. Yeah, that's just on that. That's not on any other sport. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, though. Boo hoo hoo. I don't feel bad for the NCAA. <laughs> yeah. Like, sorry, you still have plenty of money, and I know you do because you are consistently profiting off of your athletes. So. Ooh, hoo, hoo. I don't care. But uh, you know what sucks is that we all know who it's going to impact. It's going to impact scholarships and the lesser yeah. known programs in the schools, like the soccer programs or hockey programs. Those are the ones that are going to get cut. Football and basketball will remain untouchable, which is just, it's completely unfair. But well, that's, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see what they do with the scholarship limits and everything after the decision to allow all spring sport athletes to get a year back. Right, but yeah, um, it it's gonna hurt the smaller schools for sure because 
I mean, they're not going to be able to come up with that money that quickly. Definitely. And that's, it, it's, it's not fair because the NCAA, as much as they like to not advertise that they are, they are a business. They're a business that is going to be willing to allow schools to just fold their programs and not and not blink an eye because they yeah. won't care because it'll be their baseball, it'll be their hockey, it'll be their soccer, field, like class, like, whatever. Pick, pick your small-time sport, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, just cut it. We don't care. Yeah. But as soon as if it's one of the bigger, like as soon as like the one of the bigger schools is in trouble, oh, then they care. It, I, I don't like the NCAA. I think they're the worst-run organization in the entire world. More than the NHL. Worse than the NHL, and then worse than FIFA. <laughs> I, I would argue that let's see, the NCAA's director's name. I, I've tried to block out his name because I don't like him. Uh, Mark Emmerich. Mark Emmerich, yep. I don't like Mark Emmerich. I think Mark Emmerich is the combination of the old FIFA director who got who got uh, arrested for crimes and what's his name? Oh, I'll get you. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, and Gary Bettman. I think that they are the two I think he is as bad as both of those individuals. Huh. I, I have no respect for that man. I have very strong opinions on the NCAA, and frankly, I think the players should get paid, and if anyone disagrees with me, fine. I don't care. <laughs> Craig, you have very strong opinions about everything. You are correct. I am much a believer in the, if you're gonna if you're gonna believe something, believe it with your chest, say it with your chest, and commit <laughs> to it. Don't, don't go halfway. If you have belief, stand up for it. That's how I roll. But I'm always <laughs> sincere in what I say, too. I'm not going to... You are. That is true. Also, I, 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 I am... If you can make a convincing argument, I'll listen to it. I won't necessarily change my mind, but I'll listen to it. <laughs> are you going to be listening as you uh, prepare your rebuttal in your head? Oh, I always... Are you going to be really listening? Always, I'm always preparing a rebuttal when someone's speaking, because I'll be like, okay, <laughs> got you there. Gotcha there. Oh, that's a fair point. Gotcha there. It's always about listening, hearing, and knowing how to react. That's how they good. <laughs> I was going to go to law school, but hey, $80,000, pass. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, I've seen it break too many people. Uh, since we're talking about arguments, I guess we should talk about what the NHL posted. And how they've asked which current player would make the best coach. Right. I think the names they picked were interesting. Because they picked Sidney Crosby, Jason Spezza, Uh Nick Foligno, Mark Shifley, Derek Stepan, and Jonathan Taves. First of all, how do you think they come up with these choices? I think they're just random at this point. Well. (laughs) To some extent, anyway. It's, it's weird that they picked three players from the Central Division, for sure. But it's like, it, it feels like they were trying to hit a bunch of different markets, but then they completely ignored the West Coast. So it's like, okay, that's a choice. But who, who would y'all pick between those six names? Or, there's the other option, who would you just pick in the entire league? I don't know. I thought, are we trying to get away from... We want to go to. We want to go across the pond for some coaching, right? I would love the idea of bringing <laughs> in some new blood into the NHL and getting rid of this whole. Oh yeah, you got fired. Why'd you get fired? Oh, that's bad, coach. Oh, that's fine. You'll do better yeah. this time. Based on what? It's gonna do better. Right. Okay. But except how did like, you choose someone? Right, it's it's with the exception of like coaches who kind of got a bad rap or bad deal because their GM was bad, and all their players got hurt. Okay, that's fair. I'll give you a second shot. Yeah, but it's it's just getting. I I that's why I was kind of impressed with what Jim Neal did with hiring Jim Montgomery. Yeah, you went college. That's yeah, that's a risk. But I wish more GMs would be willing to do that. But yeah, I, think I don't needed. see that happening. <laughs> Not now. Thanks, Jim. 
Honestly, I, I hope he's still doing better. I'm glad he's recovering, thankfully. But yeah, I mean, honestly, like, look at international coaches. Like, the coach from Sweden or the coach from Finland. Like, especially for the Stars, given the fact that you have a whole bunch of Finnish players. Right. Think about that and using that to your advantage. And if nothing else, at least if you gave him an interview, that's at least giving him an interview. Yeah. Well, if the coaches over there are making good players, there's no reason they shouldn't be able to come over here and, you know, do the same. No, it's a different, it's a different level, but they're obviously doing something right. Sure. I mean, obviously there would be the adjustment and what maybe be sort of a better idea is if I'm an organization and I have a fill, I have a head coaching vacancy and say like my EHL, ECHL uh, league or my OHL league or my AHL league, maybe I give them a chance to start there where it's more pressure, lets them adjust to the culture and everything. Kind of like what we did, like how Essa and, you know, John, everyone sort of had that culture shock at first coming over from Finland to the AHL giving them that sort of transition period may be the best way to go about it. And so just like, here you go, go into an HL locker room and deal with five like guys from five, ten different countries potentially. And you only know how to speak maybe two languages. Well, I, well maybe. I mean, I don't know how well, I don't know what languages they learn in Finland, but I'm, I'm, they're probably fairly multilingual, I would imagine. Speaking of the lower leagues as like the ECHL and the AHL, how much of an effect do you think this whole situation is going to have on them? Well, it, it's it. I feel bad for the Rampage fans. So yeah. they're losing their team, and they saw their team for the last time and didn't really get to know it at the time, which yeah. is an incredibly unfair thing, and I'm really annoyed by that move. But I... I would worry that you might see some teams fold. Yeah. Just because there's already so many financial limits they have. That that would be sort of my worry. But I it, it, it's hard to say. I think it really depends. And I honestly don't know are the AHL team employees getting paid? Or the uh, HL players? Um, I don't think sure. the players got. Um, I know that the ECHL players are not getting paid. Of course not. I mean, and they've started um, a fund for them. Oh, that's good. Now, when I say they, I don't know. It's probably some outside people. Uh, good. I don't know if that is the organization. PA, the ECHL announced relief fund for ECHL players. That's ECHL.com. Okay, good. Um, I can't remember what they said about the um, AHL. I think they weren't going to get paid past, was it past March? Is that right, or am I just... I mean, that could be right. Let me see if I can look it up real quick. Uh, AHL players... I don't really see much going on. I just see a bunch of things on tickets. I don't really see anything about them, but the players getting paid. Yeah, all those just cancellations of the season. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, I, I mean, I know the Texas Stars have been consistently active on social media, so... Who that is, I don't know, but I'm assuming something's happening, or at least they're being supported in some way, hopefully. Especially with as close as they are to the NHL, I'd like to think that some of the owners would be willing to step up and do the right thing and help ship in. But I also know who I'm talking about, so I would not be shocked to see that not happening, honestly. Because they're ugly. Yeah... Uh, well, we never yeah. the question about um, 
who would make the best coach the current players in the league? I think uh, <laughs> Spets. Could have did jump on my end. Uh, I think Spezza would make the the better player coach out of those six names you gave us. Um, just because he has, he's older, he has more experience, um, and he's been with different teams, so he's been able to see uh, how different organizations work. Yeah, and he's yeah been on both ends of the spectrum, really, because he's been kind of like one of the guys that helps like helps the team win. He's also been he's kind of had like, had all phases of the career, yeah. front end, peak, downside of his career. So I mean, he would kind of have an easier time relating to everyone throughout. Yeah. So I, I think Spets is one of my choices too. Yeah, that's who I was gonna say too. I mean, I've been yeah. told that Crosby would make a good coach. The only, the only fear um... I have with players like John Sidney Crosby is I cannot get Wayne Gretzky coaching the Arizona Coyotes with the Phoenix Coyotes at the time. I think they were out of my head, and so that like really, really scares me. And thinking about how that was just a colossal failure. Now, yeah. how much of that was? you know, the organization and how much of that was Gretzky, that's a fair question to ask. And, I mean, Crosby has, as I've been told by Sarah of Stars Nation, that Crosby does have numerous camps that he has held to hold, like, to do things. So he could be a really good coach. I, I really feel like it would be a situation where he would either be absolutely magnificent or it would be a dumpster fire. I don't know if there's middle ground with him. Yeah, I don't think there's I middle heard, ground with a lot of players, honestly. I heard that um, Crosby was pretty intense in his expectations. Mm-hmm. Maybe back in his um, younger days. And I'm wondering if that would come out again if he was a coach. Like, just unpleasant to to deal with kind of I mean that's that's possible or it maybe like he's like mellowed with age and it wouldn't be an issue but that's kind of when I saw his name in the mix that's the first thing I thought of was like ooh I was also surprised that they picked three players from one division yeah that was weird wasn't it it feels like they should have gotten more you know like one from each team one each one from each division and then kind of like Maybe two from, like, I mean, I get picking Tate, Jonathan Taves. He was an obvious one. I get picking Mark Shifley. I, that's an obvious one. Crosby makes sense. Spezza makes sense. Um, I don't know who I'd pick in the Pacific Division. I know a lot of names who I wouldn't pick. Like, <laughs> Drew Doughty comes to mind. <laughs> Although, I will say this, that one of my favorite things in this world is the fact that Steve Ott is a coach now. And I really, really am hoping that a day comes where we finally, finally get the rare coaches jumping onto the ice and fighting each other. Because I want Steve Ott to fight a coach. I need it to happen. <laughs> We've had goalie fights. We've had player fights. I want a coach's fight. And I want Steve Ott in it. Because Steve Ott is one of my favorite players just because he's Steve Ott. Like, even though he's with the Blues, I still love that guy. He's awesome. You can't hate off Steve. Mm. Okay, who were the two coaches who actually almost did go at it, but the penalty box or sep- was keeping them separate? Or no, the the glass was keeping them separated. Man, Do you remember I, that? I I can think of a couple different times I've seen it happen. I, I feel mean, they were like uh, going at it, getting as close. So they were standing up on the. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I just can't remember the Like, teams. the players were holding them back? Who was that? I mean, I feel like, I mean, there's two names that come to mind immediately who I could see doing, and that's Sean Tortorella and my, and Mike Babcock. I could see them getting into a scuffle yeah. with each other. <laughs> and, I mean, I think that's one of the few times where for Tortorella, honestly. <laughs> like, but I... I, I, I I can't think of when that happened, but I mean, I, I don't doubt that it would you know have. You know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, 
I think I just found the video. Let me see if I can fast forward it. Oh, it's maybe um, the, the Hunter, the Roy, and Bruce Boudreaux. Who's who? Roy and uh, Boudreaux. Oh, oh okay. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm looking at one that involved the old Penguins head coach before Mike Johnson, and uh, it was Peter Laviolette versus I can't think of. See, the Pens have fired so many coaches and won a Stanley Cup that I can't remember their names. <laughs> I feel I feel like it was the one before. Uh, God, I'm so bad with coaches' names; it's it's awful. But they what actually. What teams is it? What? What team is it? The, it was the Penguins versus the Flyers. It. I oh, said, okay. Um, Granado. It was. And the, um. I said Mike Johnston. I don't know why I said Mike Johnston. Laviolette. Mike. How do you say his last name? Peter. It was Peter Laviolette versus I think. Laviolette. Uh. Therian, Michelle Therian, or Mikhail Therian. But I, oh, I, so it was the assistant coach, Penguins assistant coach, Tony Granada. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that, that's that's awesome. I really want coaches to just, you know, <laughs> punch him in the face. And I know I want to punch some coaches in the face. Like, because they're just, they're just annoying sometimes. And they do some questionable actions with what they instruct their players to do. So, you know, I... Yeah. I I, I, I just I, I want it to happen, and I really want Steve Ott to be involved. Because <laughs> I feel like if anyone was going to start it, it would be Steve Ott. <laughs> Is there any two coaches that y'all can think of that would ever it'd be fun to see them duke it out on the ice? I'm trying to think of some names. Oh, no. I mean, if you can um... get this, I can think of. I mean, I, I feel like Tortorella versus Steve Ott would be interesting. I think Steve Ott would have the height advantage, though. I just want to see an all-out brawl between everybody, between the Stars and the Blues. I mean, I know, that's all it. I can think of is, like, the Blues. Somebody on the Blues, yeah. Or somebody on the Predators or Blackhawks. Yeah, I mean, the head coach, the coaches of the Blackhawks and the coaches of the Preds don't bother me. Like, I don't think there's a lot of coaches who really bother me anymore. Yeah. You know? I mean, Tortorella, he's, he is what he is. He's, <laughs> he's a passionate guy. I respect that, but. Most oh, you know, I'm just laughing at him, though. No, I know who I want to see get hit. I want to see Claude Julien get hit right in the face. He's the head coach. Right of the in league, the face. In case anyone who forgot. And he said that the league has a bias towards giving Dallas calls, which was the biggest joke I've ever heard of. And he was salty because his team blew a three-goal lead. Like... That's his fault. Like, uh, and he's just you know what? He's just mad that Tyler scored the overtime winner against him. So that's all that was. He was just feeling <laughs> salty. But uh, yeah. If there's a current star player that you think could be a good player coach, who do you think it would be? That's a really. I'm gonna good go with the Tyler Sagan. Really? No. <laughs> okay. I was gonna say I think he's probably towards the bottom of my list. <laughs> No offense to Tyler, but I just, I don't, I, and it's not, this team needs someone who can have a good time and lighten up and have some personality. So it could work. Yeah, but I, I, so I, I would (laughs) think not Tyler for a different reason than what everyone else is thinking. And that's just because I don't think he'd like it. Oh. I don't, I, I don't think it'd be something. That he would enjoy because I don't, I don't know how much oh. he like being the bad guy. That's... I have one. Go for it. I have one who would make a really good one. I don't know if, not yet, but I think Jason Dickinson would be an excellent coach. I could definitely see that. I, you know, still young, but that's who I'm going to go with. And it would harder, be harder for him to get hit in the face, too. You, you, know, you don't know that. He, he would be the first coach to get in a fight on the ice, and he would get hit in the face. That's exactly <laughs> that's how we make this happen. I need Jason Dickinson, when his career is over, to be a head coach now. This is my goal. I would You're love to this. see that. I think he would be incredible. I think he would... I just I think he would be good. I, I think that's a I really good would... choice. Um, and I think that pucks are probably going to automatically fly into the bench yeah. of wherever he's coaching, or there's going to be more like people flying over the boards into the bench where he is and him getting hit. I think that will definitely happen. I don't think his face is going to be safe, but I just, I would love to see that for him. 
I, I could definitely see that happening, and I'm here for it. Yeah. Who you got, Lane? Um, I'm thinking Jamie. Okay. Just because, I mean, he's already a captain. He has the leadership yeah. skills. He can lead a team if he wanted to, as far as coaching-wise. Yeah. Okay. He would have to get more comfortable being in front of the media, though. Yeah. Because yeah. as a coach, that's sort of... Your job. Part of your job. Yeah. And you have to talk. You have to give information. Do you, though? I mean, our current head coach doesn't do that, so... why does But Jay- you know what? who does? Jason Dickinson does. That's true. I, that's why I like Jason. He does Jason. great interviews. He's probably one of the best interviews on the team. I yeah. think it's oh, say. Yeah. Just from everything yeah. we've seen. Um, I mean, I can't disagree with Dickinson. I can't disagree with Jamie. Although I don't know if Jamie, I really don't know if Jamie would want to do it. And that, that, that's always the hard thing. Is I don't know if these guys would actually ever want to do that. I could see Jamie just being like, "Okay, I did my time. I'm I'm great. I had fun playing hockey. See you all never." Yeah. <laughs> just completely. <laughs> well, yeah, but this is sort of yeah. like our fantasy NHL coaching world, so it doesn't really matter if they want to do it. True. Okay. I could this see, is... I could honestly see Jamie moving into a front office role before I would see him being a coach. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see him doing that. Um, I... I could see it with the right team, and it's probably, probably better for a national team or like an AHL sort of level team. Not necessarily an NHL head coach, but I think Klingenberg would make a great coach. And simply based on the fact that his... He, he has leadership skills that are incredibly important to guys who are trying to make that transition. Like Essa Lindell has uh-huh. talked a lot about how John helped him a lot transition from the AHL to the NHL and getting used to the culture in America and in Dallas, how he was so important. Yeah. So I feel like that would make John a really good role for like a position like that, especially like in the AHL, where he yeah. would have less pressure and he'd be able to help guys through that transition period. He'd be incredibly essential with that. Um, so that's I, I'm gonna I go off that working. go off the off the well beaten path and go with John Klingberg. Noted star. I see that happen. Oh, you know what? Since we're recording today, we should also throw a happy birthday out to Jason Robertson, who we hope will make the uh, yeah. for next season because he is amazing and he is awesome and I love him. Yeah, you know what? This is really putting a hold on some people, some players in the down in um, Cedar Park who were getting ready and getting closer to coming up. Yeah. Which is a shame. It's definitely going to be interesting to see how... Because that's a really good point development's now completely thrown off. Like, I think Sean yeah. Shapiro the Athletic just wrote an article today about Ty Delandria, who has been making incredible strides despite mm-hmm. everyone being like, oh, that's a, that's a waste of a draft pick. Why'd you draft 13? I know I kind of thought that. I thought that was a reach. And then he's just gone and proved everybody wrong so far. Yeah. I mean, does this hurt his chances at all? Hopefully not. And it feels like we're all kind of... It, it honestly feels like we all kind of forget about Ty, just because I think he's playing yeah. the Ontario Hockey League right now. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, he probably has a real shot at making the team next year. If he can, yeah. I think he's only issue with face-offs, but, I mean, hey, that can get better. Yeah, I think he was like... That's one of the things he's like working on. He knows it. Right. And, I mean, I think the fact that He's put up a really good season so far, up to this point. Although I think their league's canceled at this point too. But yeah. I just, Are you, you know, like we all surprised that they haven't come out and canceled the season yet. Getting there really fast. I mean, it feels like they have to soon, 
Because I, I, yeah. it just feels like at this point, because the players, I believe, came out and said they don't endorse just jumping right into the playoffs unless it was a, like, you base it off of points per game, like, percentage-wise. Yeah. Yeah. That way, you know, some of the teams who were close to making the playoffs and not close to making the playoffs would have a better shot and be more fairly treated. Yeah. So, I mean, if you don't do that, you're still looking at probably what? About eight, nine weeks of playoff hockey? So, even if you started mid-April, you're going into... I mean, you can't... Well, I mean, Toronto's in the playoffs, so you can't actually do it in June. Yeah. How are you going to have a playoff team who can't play home games? Federal right of city regulations. And you're also going to have to have, they're going to have to have ice time. Oh, 100%. You can't just go. You know, so that's gonna, how long do you think, how long do you think they would need to get ready? Like a few weeks? At the least? I'd say that, yeah. It's, um, I'd say at least two weeks of training camp at a minimum. Yeah. But and I, you know, I listened to all of the interviews that they did through the NHL, and player after player said, "You cannot replicate skating." You know, there's just no matter what exercise equipment they have or what they're doing, nothing replicates skating. So it's not something that they'll be able to just say, "Oh, I worked out and I'm ready." Yeah. Patrick Marlowe was trying. He was on inline skates recently in a video the NHL posted. My yeah. <laughs> video was amazing. That was a good video. I mean... But, you know, the longer this goes, the more I'm sort of just preparing myself for this season being a lot. And it feels like... I'm always of the opinion of that. We all know this. I mean, I think the general consensus and belief is that the season's going to get canceled. Rip the Band-Aid off. Yeah. Like, like, you're just... the fact, it's like you're leaving me a little bit of hope. And then if they come out yeah. a few weeks later and be like, oh, we're going to cancel it. We're like, why well, wait all this time? Right. I mean, because I really hope that on April 15th, when the extended quarantine time period for the NHL is over, they're not like, oh, well, okay, now we're extending it through May 1st or something like that. Like, guys. You're just yeah. you're making a slow bleed. Just rip off the band-aid. Just, just just rip it off. Like well, with certain cities and even the, the I believe the federal government did it too. They pushed back the the mandate of social distancing until April thirtieth. Yeah, you think that would have any effect on the NHL either pushing the date back or just canceling it? I mean, yeah, it's got to. I mean, some of the reason why it didn't make sense to pick April fifteenth. The federal government said April. Yeah. What are you doing? And it's, yeah. well, that was before yeah. the before that, the yeah, federal government before, announced it. Um, I, I I thought I now saw that they know yeah, that they should just like come out and be like, hey. I I thought I saw the federal government pump it back to April thirtieth first. But... No, they did. Right. Okay. Oh. Okay. So you're saying the same thing. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. It. It just. It doesn't make sense. Like. It, it's another example of everyone just getting the thing and no one really <clears throat> getting well. But. Yeah. Honestly, what are you gonna do? Maybe that's just their own personal deadline of like, hey, we have to make this official by then. Yeah. True. I mean, that's possible. I mean, you know, but I mean, again. As I kill Gary Bettman all the time, and I'll continue to do it until he's gone. He does, The NHL has done such a bad job PR-wise on everything that it's just like, guys, can you not get this right? Like, you having how much money? And your PR is so terrible all the time. <laughs> like, hockey rarely ever makes the national media... Like the national sports shows, 
as often as the other sports, unless it's for like the playoffs or something bad. Like, it's really disappointing. I, I wish they did better. Like, I think last thing I remember from the national media talking about hockey was when Gary Bettman said, oh, CTE isn't a thing. Yes, it is, Gary. And I hope you listen to this podcast, Gary, so that way you can hear me <laughs> you again like I booed you in Dallas. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I really don't like him. I'll, you know what? If any of the NHL owners happen to listen to this, I will take his job for half the salary. That's still like $5 million, right? I think so. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll do it for like five million. No worries. Yeah, no problem. Five, five million a year. I don't, I don't mind. I'll take that all day. <laughs> oh, yeah. He makes $9.6 million. That's, I'm kind of surprised he doesn't make more. Well, I, I mean, how much does Roger Goodell make? Like twenty million or whatever? Because that's something like that, yeah. Ridiculous. Oh, thirty-one point seven million. So even more. Okay. Oh, that's from twenty seventeen. So that may have gone up, but you know, hey, whatever. His league also makes a billion over a billion dollars, so it's hard to. He's obviously doing something right, even though that may not be a lot. Now, what do y'all think about the impending free agency? With especially with the drafting pushback, how could that affect everything? I mean, I feel like you can't. It that's off <clears throat> because it's like, well, what are you picking? Like. Yeah. Yeah. You have to basically be. I mean, now obviously none of these guys, unless you're like the top five, ten picks, are going to be NHL ready. But it's like, man, and you're going to have to think about all the guys you have to resign, the guys you want to draft. It's it's going to be a nightmare. It's going to the stars have a lot of interesting decisions that they're going to have to make, particularly given oh, their roster. Yeah. I mean, there's the obvious you have to resigns and retains because I think Rupe, let me see, RFAs. Dennis. Yeah, De- Gary. So Radic, Gurry, uh, Rupe are the three NHL roster restricted free agents. And then down in Cedar Park, you have Josh Melnick, Tony Calderon. Ula Palve, Joel Lesperance, Gavin Bayreuther, Dylan Hetherington, and Landon Bow. And I think Landon Bow is probably the most interesting name on that list that's not on the NHL roster from the standpoint of do you re sign him? Um, you... <laughs> I don't know. I, I, um. I, They have to have someone, and I anticipate um, Islander being up in Dallas more next year. I mean, I think part of it comes down to what do you do with Antonio Kudobin, which yeah, I think that's the biggest decision or the biggest domino to fall, in my opinion. I I agree with that. I mean. I think it. I don't know if it's going to come down to. <clears throat> I think it's more about what he's going to want, salary-wise, than anything. Is he willing? Well, yeah, of course. Four million you know, years in salary. Because he's making two point five million right now. Would he take four million to stay in Dallas? I'll give him four million. I'll give him four million yeah. in two years. Give him four million AAV. Two-year contract. If he asks for three years at four million, okay, I don't know if I go four. I don't know if I can give him a four-year contract because that would put him at thirty-eight. Well, would you put would you put him at four years but lessen the salary, say three point five million? 
Uh, I'll give him. I'll give him four years and three million. But I'm not giving How? him four years three point five. I think three million. How old is he right now? Huh? How old is he? He is thirty-four. I mean, that's part of me also prognosticating. I would the not go four years. You know, you also have to pay Miro soon. You get, you know, you've got a lot of guys who are coming up that you're gonna have to pay. Jamie Alexiak, Stephen Johns, Justin Dowling. Those are for unrestricted free agents in 2021. I think Miro's in 2022. No, John is in 2022. Although I do know there is a section of Stars fans who would love to see him walk, which they're wrong. <laughs> but, I mean, you're going to have to pay. Yeah, he's gotten a pretty hard time this season. I mean, he's also been injured. Like, he's been injured at so many points that I don't know if he's been fully healthy all year. And the coach's system certainly hasn't helped, in my opinion. Like, I, I think John, I, I think that if John Klingberg walked from this team, the Stars would be demonstratively worse. I don't think that there's anyone at the AHL level right now who can replace what he does. I think you need to do what you can to keep Miro, Essa, and John for as long as you possibly can as your defensive core for as long as possible. But it's going to be difficult. I I, I think how the Stars manage the salary caps can be really interesting. Which, another interesting thing, how is the salary cap going to get affected by all of this? Is it going to go up? True. Is it going to stay the same? Is it going to go down? I mean, it. this is going to get interesting. Like, I think there's a lot of things that we're all not thinking about right now, which is understandable because there's a lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot of moving parts to all of that. Like, that we're not seeing for various reasons. So I'm just, I'm very curious to see how this all plays out and how everything goes because I don't, I'm not, I don't know <laughs> there's somebody who's much better with numbers and moving money around in charge of this than I would ever be able to be so 100% I'm just going to have to be surprised but it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a completely different world on the other side of this that's for sure yeah, but the players are not getting paid for the games they're not playing. Is that right? Uh, I saw that they that the NHL players were getting paid through the end of the season. They're getting at least I think most leagues are getting a percentage of what they what they were getting at right. the very least. I, I can't remember. I don't know the exact breakdown for each league, but I know at least the players are getting at least some part of their contract. Right. Um, I know the MLB... What do you do with the, like, performance bonuses and stuff? That's... I mean, that some players were probably expecting to get, you know. Yeah. And now it's like they don't even have a chance to, to earn it. I mean, I think the fair, th- the fair thing to do would just be let the players get paid it without any penalty to the cap for the teams. Mm-hmm. Like, if you haven't earned a performance bonus, but you were reasonably going to have a chance to get there. Like, if your performance yeah, bonus like was on 30 track. goals, and you had two, okay, you weren't getting that. Yeah. I'm sorry. You weren't getting that. But if there was a reasonable chance that you could get your performance bonus, I think the most fair thing the league could do is let the teams pay that performance bonus, but it doesn't affect the cap. But that would make sense, and that's not how the NHL operates. So probably not going to happen, but that's how I would do it. Again, call me, NHL. I am available. Like, <laughs> I will happily take the job, like, in a heartbeat. Like, I don't care. But it, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Oh, no. it, it's going to be a weird world, and I'm not looking Maybe forward. this is why they are so reluctant to say we're done. Yeah. There's just too much to figure out. 
I mean, I get it, but it it's it. I I just argue it doesn't seem fair to continue to drag it out when you already know the answer. What the answer is, barring some drastic change in circumstances that none of us see coming, which, to be fair, could one hundred percent happen. Oh, it's yeah. like the year for it. Like, but it could happen. This could all just be done and over with, like that. Who knows? But. Well, the next big thing will be, like, if they do cancel the season, it's going to be our season ticket holders letting them keep their money for, you know, for next season, or is it, no, I need that now. Right, and that that's the and other that's thing. That's a whole another. Is that you have all these people who paid money, and you still haven't refunded them. Because you've only postponed your season. You're being selfish. And I don't know. I mean, I'm a season ticket holder. I might be okay having that money already there for next season and not having to come up with it. Yeah. But at the same time, in a month, I don't know what things are going to be like economy-wise and job-wise. Nobody really knows anymore. Yeah. I mean, the most fair thing to do is just go ahead and, I mean, give people the option. Refund your money or will apply it to net your t- your ticket plans for next season. Right. Just, that's the other thing that bothered me. Just get this resolved. Like, because I know they're not actively working on trying to get it resolved. They're more planning to start the season up again, which yeah. is just absolutely ridiculous, in my opinion. They just need to hurry up and end it. But, um, and watch tomorrow. They'll come up with the news saying, hey, we're going to cancel the season. I mean, then I am going to be like, I called it. Thank you for listening to me. If you need any lottery numbers, I apologize. I am not good for those. However, if you need me, I'm going to go buy 10 of them. So I'll be back. (laughs) Um, But that is it for the first episode of Chirps and Sullies brought to you by Stars Nation. Thank you for listening. If you have any comments, questions, go ahead and tweet at us we do have an official twitter page now and our own individual twitter pages the twitter page is at chirps and sellies my individual twitter handle in case you want to yell at me about things is craig only craig <laughs> mine is mine Rel is Cajun 11 and mine is six on the ice underscore thank you so much for listening we have been chirps and sellies